um, had a great initial meeting for them earlier. I felt just it's just some powerful stuff. We're uh, dusting that off and uh, putting it in a can too for you to hear it. I think it's about as powerful a way as you can sell concepts that, that there is. Uh, so we look forward to y'all's feedback on that. Um, today's form, I'm going to do something a little bit different that some of you probably aren't expecting, and that's okay. Uh, but but we've talked for weeks. I mean, week after week after week, we've done producer showcases of what people are doing at a high level, um, and, and so many ideas that we've heard about of people that were not on our, our forums, but uh, just for whatever reason couldn't do it. So we presented their ideas and all the different, just cool, effective ways from seminars to cold drops to leveraging for introductions. Um, uh, and everything. So, uh, as you all know, our live forum, uh, the, the, the goals of our live forum is a place for you to come, not only to, to, to let us re-educate you on what you learned in our workshops and in our coaching, but, but also it's a showcase of ideas that we've been doing for many weeks now. Um, and, and just, and another thing is it's a collaboration among peers. And, and for those like, man, I'm still struggling. I'm not getting the response that I hope that this is a safe place for you to come, to, to those people that have experienced the same thing you are, uh, to, for, for you to, to, to dive in and let us dive in with you and see if we can help you become more effective at it, right? We're all about challenging, challenging the status quo in everything we do. As you all know, we don't approach, approach this as gurus that have all the answers, but, but as collaborators that want to be uh, people that challenge the, the, the very framework of how somebody can and should get somebody uh, on the phone, right? And so um, we love injecting more creativity because it makes, makes it so much more fun for us as the people doing the work and the recipient enjoys it better as well. Um, of course, we want to continue to leverage our support partners that have amazing ideas uh, that can help us prospect, capture better data, and, and of course do this every week. I mean, we've done... Uh, we've done them just about every week since we launched them, and, and we'll probably do 45, 46 of these this year, so um, or for the year. Um, so w one of the things I want to share with y'all is uh, um, we've got a special guest on the call named Nigel Orberg, and I just I met him recently, and he's kind of like my new best friend. My wife thinks I've got a man crush on this guy, and, and Hannah is convinced that I do. Um, and so he's got, he's just got a really, uh, I met him through him reaching out to some of our clients. Uh, and, and even the, the morning that one of my producers called and said, hey, we just got this prospecting drop from this guy. Um, how cool is this? And, and they were all standing around uh, the, their desk looking at it because it embraces so many of the ideas that we talked about, right? And so uh, Nigel's on the call with us, and we're excited about that. Um, and, and I'm going to unmute him here in a minute uh, just to, to get his insights as a guy who's devoted much of his, not all of his professional career, but much of his professional career on, on challenging just the way we all think uh, about how what's necessary to get in front of the ideal buyer types that we want to get in front of. It's com completely random or divine appointment, one of the two, but we're really excited about that. And so... Uh, I'll open it up to him. But first, I want to just share with you, uh, we, we talked about just all the things that we've been doing for months now, every week. And I, wa I wanted to just kind of open it up to the group 
and just ask you all, what are you all doing uh, to get in front of ideal prospects and how well is it working? Um, and, and so somebody's willing to volunteer that. I know we've provided our sales cycle dashboard so that you don't have to wonder how effective your, your prospecting strategies are uh, to, to help you understand those conversion rates. So uh, I want to open it up. Anybody out there have had some success prospecting uh, with some of the things that we've talked about already, uh, the different things that we've taught, uh, or even uh, some of the things that you've done that are different. Again, we're not gurus. Uh, we we want to kind of do that. So if you don't mind, raise your hand. If you all been just even if it's simple stuff, just raise your hand and share with us. Hey, here's our approach over the last 90 days. All right, we got a taker. Look at that, Drew Severance. I feel like I'm at a Hillary Clinton rally because Drew is a plant. I'll, uh, I'll, yeah, Drew, I'll, man, I'll you, are un, you are unmuted. I'll, I'll say something quick. Um, uh, yeah, so I'm with Creative Planning in Kansas City. I, I've been at this thing um, for about six months now, so brand new to the industry. Um, one, thing that, um, one thing that we've been doing to get into some doors lately um, is leveraging reputations uh, like of existing clients of creative planning. So like one in particular uh, is Jack Stack Barbecue. And so we've substituted out a gift set, uh, gift set of Jack Stack uh, spices and rubs uh, and sauces instead of instead of using like the instead of doing the Yeti drop. Yeah, um, I love it. Whiskey, whatever, I love it. There's a guy named Jonah Berger wrote a book called Contagious. He talks about social currency and talks about just kind of like um, just leveraging stuff that like people want to talk about. You know, kind of sexy. Uh, you know, um, brand, so to speak, you know, like stuff, I mean, stuff like, the, it's the exact same thing of why the Yeti is relevant, is because it has a ton of social currency. Well, look, on a local level, uh, here in Kansas City, the Jack Stack Barbecue brand, uh, which is one of our biggest clients, has a ton of social currency with people, and so it's like, look, hey, just thought you might enjoy some spices rubs uh, from one of our best clients, um, you know, American Royal Barbecue was last weekend, you know, so we talked about that, and, and it got us into a door because um, the guy was a big barbecue fiend, and you know, and stuff like that. So I don't know, kind of, kind of quirky, but just again, trying to kind of uh, differentiate while making it specific to us and what we do well. Man, I love that, Drew. I, that's what I loved about the Yeti was that you're 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 capitalizing on their social currency. Now, maybe not in in Kansas City, uh, but 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 I love the local barbecue thing even better. I think it's genius. Around here, we've got one called Heim, and it's a Jewish-owned barbecue place that, that means life. Heim means life or to live. And, and I'm telling you, it would work around here, too, because they're rock stars. I love it. Any sense of what type of uh, results that you're getting? Well, so now for this particular group, it's a big uh, uh, electrician. Uh, it's a big electrician in Kansas City. Contracts, uh, you know, from all kinds of architectural firms in the in the Kansas City area. So, like, these guys are the electrician on a bunch of different building projects and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, these guys loved it. You know, it got us in the door with these guys. I don't know. We'll see if it ends up landing the account or not. I don't know. Uh, we're still kind of in the initial meeting phase of uh, the blueprint stuff like that. But um, yeah, yeah, so my thing is that those two, they're two different skill sets altogether. Um, so hats off to you. for. Have you used this on any other prospect, or did you just figure out through your intel, which is another part of the equation, 
that this guy loved barbecue, or or did was it just luck? Have you tried it with other people as well? No, we haven't tried it with anybody else, uh, but we for sure will. You know, I mean, at some point, I don't know why we wouldn't. You know, it's like find out if a guy likes barbecue and, and go for it. So. Yeah, who doesn't like barbecue? I mean, come on. Right. Uh, yeah. I tell you what, no, nobody I want to work with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> another deal, another deal, Chad. Just while 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 we're rolling, while my heart's kind of racing, my, my blood's pumping now. I'll just go for it one more time. Um, what, uh, we've been doing um, a lot of team selling. Uh, a guy in our office who started about the same time as I did. We've been running a lot on different accounts, uh, different prospects, I should say. Um, you know, in hopes of putting up a crooked number one of these days up on the scoreboard. But the team selling thing has been good for us because um, you know there's different personalities in the room, right? And and maybe maybe the CFO meshes better with him, and the HRD meshes better with me, uh, or vice versa. Uh, yeah. Just last week, just last week, we had an instance where um, I, I had, my guy who I'm running with had a family emergency, and he couldn't go to the to the meeting that we had already set up. But it was cool because I, you know, because I could fill in his set. It's like, you know, he he texted me. It was like, Seb, I need you to run on your own on this one. You know, but we had that flexibility, and then we didn't need to reschedule the appointment. You know, so yeah, that that, right. that worked that worked out really well there. You know, and and not to say that team selling is is for everybody, and that you know. Even on our end, we're going to be doing it on every occasion. But uh, we've had some good success with it, man. You know, it kind of creates a cool team environment in the room too. Uh, I love it. That is not just one guy. Um, man, I'll tell you, as seasoned a salesperson as I am, I love it when my brother and I are going on something together. It's just always better, right? Right. Uh, one reason is because, in contrast, better looking. Uh, maybe that's just a, I feel better about it, but <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> no, that's good stuff. Anybody got any questions for Drew? Uh, if so, go ahead and raise your hand and ask Drew uh, if you need to understand a little bit more. Uh, it was pretty self-explanatory, but but all right. Uh, maybe uh, the, Kevin's raising his hand, uh, Drew. Maybe he wants to. I don't know what he wants. I'm just going to unmute. And let's just see what happens. Yeah, Drew, this sales partner. I said, Drew, the sales partner of yours must be a stud. <laughs> <laughs> he is tall. Gosh, he is tall. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, kind of to piggyback on what Drew was saying. So, I've actually, I have done the uh, barbecue drop at another guy, and it's gotten me an initial meeting as well. And it was kind of uh, the response from the CFO was literally like. Hey, you know, I've heard of your company. Obviously, I've heard of this barbecue joint. That's cool. They're a client of yours. Um, love the creativity of the drop. Yeah, let's get together and talk. So, and that um, is so it, awesome. It does have legs, you know, and it's kind of it's something different. It's something interesting. And like uh, you know, both of you have been saying that social currency of grabbing a cool local company and just throwing them out there. And you know, whether it's a client of yours or not, I think it's, it's something that's worth uh, pursuing. But the fact that we have a kind of a cool local brand like that um, in our block of business is definitely helping. Yeah, that uh, is such a great idea. And then on the team selling front, yeah, it's been working out great uh, for us so far. And like Drew said, it's not every account that we do the team sell on, but as we're kind of out navigating some of these larger prospects uh, and we're getting a lot of different people in the room you know, spent, uh, we had a meeting this morning, and we cycled through at least three different people from their finance office and HR. So, you know, CFO, the director of finance, and then the HRD, 
are all kind of cycling through our first you know couple meetings and being able to navigate those personalities and everybody's different. Uh, Drew's got the CFO in the corner grabbing a cup of coffee, shooting the breeze with him while I've got the uh, HRD cornered uh, on the other side of the room talking, you know, Ben Admin suite and technology, and then we kind of just bring it all together at the end of the meeting. So it's kind of a yeah. multi, you know, working multiple fronts in the same meeting, and it's work, working out pretty yeah, well for us. Divine. No, I love it. Uh, I absolutely love it. And also, look, I think, you know, especially when it comes to a sales environment, uh, you, you know, buyers are always looking not just to what you say, but but getting a sense of what you're really committed to, right? And, and, and when you throw more people at the deal, it shows a greater commitment. It, you don't even have to talk about it. It's just subliminal that, that they're willing to put more resource into this, even at this early phase. I, I think it does matter. We all talk about when Mercer and Aon show up with nine people in $1,000 suits, right, or $2,000 suits. Uh, it does matter. That's great. Um, I'm going to yeah, open up. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just, just going to follow that up. And I know mean, we're talking about an initial meeting here, but it also helps with follow-up and kind of attacking from different email accounts, you know. So if, if Drew's leaving a voicemail and then I'm sending an email a couple days later, it's not the same person banging on the same, you know, client over and over and over again. You're kind of getting different, uh, you know, different people to, to approach it from different directions. So that's the follow-up kind of a cool part of the team selling as well. Well, totally. And also, you're just bolder and more secure when you've got a running buddy. Man, I mean, I went to the Dallas Cowboys-Philadelphia Eagles game Sunday night. And, and, and this is just a way for me to really talk about how the Cowboys beat the Eagles. But... Um, but but let me tell you the fact that the, there was four of us there, and of all four of us, I was the third largest guy there. Uh, it emboldened us to talk the smack that we really felt like talking. You, you know what I mean? Because one of the dudes with us was a bona fide giant. We can be better when when we've got that just emotional support next to us. Period. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good, man. It's been fun for us for sure. Awesome. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm going to leave y'all unmuted. Nigel is raising his hand. I don't know if that means he's got a question for y'all or if he's going to uh, impart some wisdom uh, upon us. I'm slow, Nigel. Hold on. Nigel, first-time caller, long-time listener. Nice. Hey, uh, Drew, real quick question. Um, I lo love what you're doing. I think that was uh, such a cool, cool way of doing it. But one of the things that I always like to spend, uh, I spend a lot of my time doing is understanding sort of the science behind why they're giving you that meeting. Obviously, the barbecue is great, but the underlying premise behind why they're being receptive and you know why they're letting you come in is an underlying premise we call reciprocity. Um, so what you're really leveraging there is reciprocity, and what reciprocity means is is that if you give something of value to somebody, automatically, whether they like it or not or they understand it, it's already built into them, they're going to give you something back, okay? And what you're asking for back is some time. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's good. So, and, and I guess because this brand, this restaurant brand is really hip and cool that the reciprocity value is higher
been something without all that social uh, awareness or whatever you called it, Drew. Yeah, no, now, that's really good. If you push, so remember that you want to leverage you want to leverage the reciprocity and leverage the curiosity. So don't go any further than that. Otherwise, the whole thing can be destroyed. So don't don't tell them too much about what you want to present because then they'll just disqualify you and what you're going to present. So stay real high on the reciprocity mm -hmm. and the curiosity. Okay? okay? Don't go any further than that. Otherwise, you're going to ruin, you know, because reciprocity is I'm going to give you something back. Now, if you're asking for too much too fast, then I'm not going right. to give that to you. Hey, so what kind of things are you saying, Drew, when you dropped off the barbecue and Kevin, even on – uh, on the, the spices on, and then you did the same thing, Kevin. When, when you follow up on that, or are you just walking in and asking them to give it to them, give us some of that dynamic. Yeah, I mean, for for us, it's been, we'd love to be able to share with you guys some of the great, uh, you know, tools and re uh, reporting tools and dashboards that are helping to make JackStack successful. Uh, in I love industry, it. You know, and, and, and just leaving it at that. So kind of to your point, Nigel, just Beautiful. trying to keep it, Trying to kind of like keep it as ten thousand foot view as we can without being too nebulous. Good. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you're you're speaking my love language with the dashboards and reporting tools. So that's awesome. That that's what I want. Now, are you dropping it off, calling back in, or are you dropping off with a note saying, "Hey, call me"? How are you doing that? Yeah, dropping it off with a note and then following it back up with a phone call the next day if we can get them on the horn, you know. Okay. That's very cool. <laughs> The note is uh, much more vague. The, the note's more vague than the phone call. You know, the note's like, "Hey, you know, hope you enjoy these spices. I'm gonna, you know, I'll, I'll give you a call in a couple of days or something to that effect." And yeah. Give them, get them on the horn. They feel, you know, whether it's an obligation, like you were kind of saying, Nigel, you know, they, there's an obligation there. They feel like they owe you at least a little bit of time. Get them on the horn and say, "Hey, I just want to come and chat with you about some of these dashboards and reporting tools. You know, we're implementing for, uh, you know, Jackstack. You know, this barbecue joint. Would love to just get 20 minutes of your time." Then they feel like I'll take that obligation to to take a twenty minute meeting all day long, uh, and then as it's working out now, you know we're two three meetings in with some of these guys. So that's great. That's great. And that's awesome, guys. I know y'all y'all have taken all this so seriously. That's so great. Anybody have any questions for Kevin and Drew? You know, y'all know it's Friday. <laughs> I'm not going to belabor this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So Anna's, I, if you, Anna's got okay. some drinking to do. I, uh, well, the I, one thing I was going to make real quick, uh, not to cut you off, Nigel, but uh, on the flip side of that, we're going to – we met with – that client we met with this morning that, you know, Drew and I have been kind of tag-teaming now, we literally were sitting with the HR uh, director after the CFO and the director of finance walked out, and she goes, hey, guys, you mind if I ask you a question? How the hell did you get these guys to take a meeting with you? And our response and Drew's response was, uh, I called him, and I just told him we got some <laughs> cool stuff we're doing, and he took a meeting. And she goes, I can't believe that. Like, he's been with his current broker for 19 years, and he's never even entertained a move. So That's great. Yeah. yeah, sometimes it's just luck of the draw, and you're calling on the right day, and he just had a great morning, and his favorite, you know, baseball team just won their game, and then he's uh, excited to kind of share the love. But Sometimes I don't think you can't explain it. It's just timing. Hey, I'll, I will say to that, and I feel like I'm, I'm almost, I'm, 
I run the risk of bank walking a little bit right here, which isn't a good idea because I feel like my sweater is really <laughs> tight right now. Um, uh, but on on that specific, uh, so the one that he's talking about, the one we were in this morning, when that CFO actually called me back off of a voicemail I left, and the only reason I knew it was him was because I've tried to make a habit lately of saving in my phone the phone number of whatever you know prospect I'm chasing, so that when if and when, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, he he does call me back. You know, sometimes like an iPhone will be like, could be, you know, or whatever. Um, and it was, in fact. So like when he called me back, I was able to turn the shower water off quick and take the phone call and focus, like get my head right. Um, and I think that that probably helped too, so that it wasn't like I picked up or even let it go to voicemail. You know, God forbid that kind of thing. Um, so that's maybe another idea. I don't know. Whatever. I, this might be JV level stuff for some of the guys on the call, but that's kind of where I'm, <laughs> kind of where I'm playing right now. Good man. Bottom Good. line is you're you're performing at a high level, Drew. You know I love you, and and, and how you execute on all this matters, man. That, that look, we all have great ideas. It, it's how you're getting them done. That's what we're trying to explore here, so that we can figure out figure out how to replicate this stuff. You know, so I think you're doing great, man. And yeah, I didn't feel job. like you were bank. I didn't feel like you were bank walking at all. <laughs> all right, <laughs> that's good. I'm gonna get back into the water now. <laughs> oh, good. That's funny. Love it. I love it. All right. If you guys don't mind, I'd love to just kind of share with you sort of the the process, the, 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 the number one thing on how to get a meeting that people really need to understand is is the techniques to establishing rapport. I mean, at the end of the day, you, you've got to leverage. I'm, I'm a big believer that, you know, not to just pick up the phone and make phone calls. I'm a huge believer in the reciprocity. So send them something of value that they find valuable. Now, you don't have to send barbecue. It doesn't have to be that expensive. It can be something as simple as just a, something you put in a box and you mail them. It doesn't have to be expensive. That's where a lot of people lose it. It, it just has to be perceived as the, you took the time and the energy and you didn't just send this out as a mass mailer. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love it. I love that. So, so the first first big sort of key I'm going to talk about is is you must do something first before you pick up the phone. The second thing is is you have to know how to when you do make when you do follow up, you've got to know quickly how to leverage that that sort of reciprocity and that curiosity, and then you've got to know how to build rapport with this person when they pick up the phone. You, you've got to got to know that. So when, when we talk about techniques to establishing rapport, there's seven things that you must do to establish rapport. Number one, which is the top of the list, is you must wear a sincere smile and have positive body posture. Now, a lot of people are like, well, what, what do you mean by that? Well, unfortunately, 55% of what you're doing is your, your facial tone, okay? Meaning, when you're on the telephone with someone, whether you know it or not, 55% of what you're doing is your facial expressions. That make sense? You, you mean, you mean when I'm on the phone with somebody, my facial expression is going to come across in my vocal tone? It's going to come across. Yeah, they're going to be able to hear the smile yeah, on I your face. It. I believe that. The second thing that we we must know how to do is develop a genuine interest in the other person when we're on the phone, meaning we're really, really interested in what they're saying. Every word they say, we're just like hanging on every word. And, and yeah, we do that. It? Maybe it was Woody Allen that said 
no, it was uh, George Burns who said, you know, being sincere is the secret to success, and if you can fake that, you've got it made. <laughs> so, so develop a genuine interest is number two. If you guys are writing down, I can go slower or faster. So number one is a sincere smile and positive body posture. Number two is develop a genuine interest in the other person. Number three is be sure to talk in terms of the other people's interest. And then number four is use the prospect's customer's name. So use their name. Their name, believe it or not, they love to hear more than any other word in the English dictionary. People love to hear their name. Now that doesn't mean over overuse it. It just means you must use their name. Number five, everyone loves a compliment. So offer a sincere praise as often as possible. Now you might say, well, I don't know anything about this person, so how am I going to give them a compliment? Well, one of the things that I have, you know, I'm constantly battling with working with clients is, as they say, because one of the things that we say in our script is, is you sound like a very successful executive. Well, most of them say, well, how do I know he's successful? And I say, well, if he's a CFO of a $20 million company, he's successful or he wouldn't still be there. So you, you need to buy into that idea when you give these compliments because it has to be sincere. Don't water it down and, and you know say things like, well, you, you must be successful. No, you, you dive all the way in, you buy into it, and you say, you sound like a very successful executive. My, so you, you must, sound handsome. Yeah, right? You, you, you have to buy into that compliment idea. And then number six is you must be a good listen. You have to listen well. And number seven is make the prospect customer feel important. Okay. Now, after I just said all of that, what I'm going to do is I want to let you hear an appointment that we got this morning using this, and I want you guys to all listen for those seven things to be done in this script. Does that make sense? Love it. Got it. So I want you to just listen very carefully to this call. This happened this morning, actually. And this call was to a, uh, I think it's a manufacturer in Chicago. And this is appointment is for PNC. Hold on one second here. See if I can pull it up for you. Oh, this I want is you to listen. We're going to get to hear it live. Yeah, this is the real deal. Hold on one second here. Love it, dude. I love it. <laughs> what do you think of that idea? Hold on a second. Let me back it up. Oh, everybody. It's Mark Escobel. Hi, Susan. My name is Mark Escobel. I'm the guy that sent you that little trash can in the mail recently. What did you think of that idea? Oh, everybody. It's on my desk and everybody loves it. <laughs> yeah. Very, very catchy. We get some very interesting feedback from that little I trash bet. can. Well, okay, let's stop for a second. What's his facial expression look like? Oh, he's he's grinning from ear to ear just like I am. Okay, good. Keep going. What are some of the thoughts you had when you first opened that box? What is this? <laughs> Great. What did you think about the strategies I mentioned in my letter? <laughs> I, I don't remember that. I can appreciate that, Susan. You sound like a very successful executive. Uh, how do you and your team... Okay, everybody hear the compliment? Yeah. Okay, good. Just want to keep going as you guys see him going through the different steps. 
go about controlling your workers' comp costs? Well, we're starting to work with a uh, hospital that's doing sending OT people to do physical reviews of all the job requirements mm -hmm. um, and doing pre-employment physicals possibly through them mm. and we do good follow-up I think on what happens. That's great. And I've had a, many companies tell me that they love it when their mod is below 0.9. When it goes up. <laughs> And then everyone feels it. I'd love Susan, to see blood point nine in my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> well, Susan, what do you think would be the results if you had a, a dedicated person that proactively works on your paid and your unpaid claims and is accountable to you personally every 30 days? I have no idea. I see. What do you think would happen to your insurance costs if you, you had a proactive plan in place that consistently brought down your existing mod claims? Well, I would assume that would help. Okay, so back to what Chad always talks about is, is we got to create a vision. We got to get them to see the future, what it would look like if they had this. And so the concept of what we do there is called future pacing. I got to be able to get them to think about what it would be like to have this future place. What would it feel like? I don't care what the fact is. I want to know what they feel about it and get them to give us their reaction to that. Does that make sense? Yes. So you got to be able to give them some vision. Give them a vision. We call it in psychology we call it future pacing. So I'm going to paint this beautiful picture about where they really want to go and then ask them their thoughts about what it would look like if they had this, this, or this. And then get their reaction. Because there's only one way to know what someone's thinking, and it's to ask them what they're thinking or feeling about that reaction. And then right after that, there's a right time to ask for the appointment, and the right time is when the prospect says with their lips that I think my insurance cost would go down. That make sense? Yep. So that's a, that's a reciprocity, so that was sending out a package, following up on the and then, you know, really following the process uh, to a T. What, Man, uh, what, what questions do you guys have about that? Uh, well, everybody's muted right now, and I can unmute everybody if you want me to. Man, I'll tell you, that guy seemed like a real pro. There's that moment where he had the guts to ask her what she thinks. That future pacing part seems like the most difficult part to me. Um, you, you know, uh, and I wonder in your world, if we're out there with more of a blue ocean instead of lowering cost, we're out there with a unique set of dashboards and reporting tools to, to help them more effectively manage all of this or, or whatever. Right. How does that fit in, or does, or would it be more? Because you, you, you've kind of how we do it that doesn't require as much skill as what that dude seemed to have had. Maybe I'm missing it. But and also, y'all, please raise your hand if y'all have some questions about this too. The other people on the call. Just do, well, do you even understand my question, Nigel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me use compliance as because obviously people love compliance more than cost. 
Yeah. So let me just walk you through compliance. Uh, hi, my name is Nigel Orberg. I'm the guy that sent you the little trash can in the mail recently. What did you think of that idea? So that's when they're you know sort of laughing and we're kind of having fun. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we get some very interesting feedback from that little trash can. And uh, is this an okay time to talk? And then I say, you know, with all the changes that's going on in the insurance industry today, how has that affected you and your company? And then they say, well, you know, this, this, and this. And then I'll say, you know, Chad, you sound like a very successful executive. How do you and your team go about dealing with all the changes that Obamacare has created? And then they go, well, you know, this, this, this. And I say, I can appreciate that. I've had many executives tell me they love it when things go as planned. They just don't like all the new rules and reporting that has to be done. Let me ask you, could you use a proven process that can eliminate the uncertainty and ensure that your plan is 100% in compliance? And they say, well, yeah, you know, this, this, and this. And then I say, what kind of an impact do you think it would have if you could eliminate the hassles of keeping up with all the changes and be 100% confident that you're always in compliance without, he without you having to deal with it? And they go, well, that'd be great. Well, we can help you do that. So what I'd like to do is ask my boss, Chad Jenkins, who's an absolute expert at helping companies get and stay compliant, to stop by and share with you some ideas on what changes could be made to get your plan compliant. Head is next I've Tuesday at 205 work. I've heard Chad, of him. Have him he's out. amazing. He's amazing. <laughs> so that, that's So just so you know, the script that we use is what we call a you, you, you do what we call an agreement on a need. So you say, hey, a lot of companies tell me they love this. They just don't like that. And then we use a closed-ended question because we just want them to say yes or no. Could you use something like this? And then we say we use a reaction question to the benefit that they just told us that they wanted. What do you think would happen if you were able to you know, have a set of unique dashboards and things to figure out where all the money's going. They say, "Well, that would be great. We could we could probably save money and know where it's all going." I love it. It's so so good. I can tell you've given this a lot of thought, Nigel. That's why I love you. So, does anyone have any questions, uh, or what questions do you have about what I just went over? Raise your hand. Raise them. Yeah, it was pretty clear. I don't have a lot of questions either other than ones that I've asked. Hold on, Drew's got a question. I've got to unmute him. Drew, third time caller, long time listener, you're on. I got nothing, man. I actually was trying to put my hand down. It had been up the whole time. I started losing feeling in my fingers. So let me go through, oh good, okay. let me go through the, the numbers of the what we call the the communicate the uh, so in many sales sales situations nonverbal communication has a stronger impact than verbal communication. In fact, research shows that the following: 55% of communication is conveyed by facial expressions and other body language. So think about that for a second. 55% of what you're doing is the communication by your facial and your body language. 38% of communication is reflected by your tone of voice, and 7% of communication is attributed to the content of the spoken word. That makes sense? So yeah, it does. We, we spend all this time worrying about scripts, when in all actuality, 7% is what the script is about. 
Yeah, I mean, I, 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 you know, I've, I've seen those stats before. I don't know why. I just thought it was when I'm in front of somebody that that it was that nonverbal. But but it actually is on the phone too. It makes sense. Well, so in presentation, not that we're supposed to talk about this today, but um, this is the difference. If if I was going to put an Aon or a Mercer or one of those big guys up against a normal, you know, mid-sized small broker. One of the things that we, for whatever reason, are completely missing the mark on is this. Let me ask you something, Drew. If you went to a movie tonight, you and your wife or whoever you're going with, go to a movie tonight, and they say to you, Drew, this is going to be a phenomenal movie, but the screen bulb just burned out. Okay? Now, my question to you is, is how much of that movie do you think you would comprehend? Uh, man, yeah, I'm going to walk right into it and say not a whole lot. <laughs> so, so the 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 studies, and this is all factual. This none of them, nothing I'm telling you is made up. Seventy-seven percent of people take things in through their eyes. Only twenty percent through their ears. Okay, so just imagine for a minute, you go in and you don't have a visual presentation. That's like going to a movie without the screen only 20% of what you're saying, so you better be one hell of a talker mm. if you want to close this account. So that's why it's so very important, and you'll never, ever in a million years ever see an Aeon or a Mercer walk into a room and not have visual aids to go with every talking point they have. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah, that's good. So, if you ever think that a presentation is old school or is, is not professional, then just think of the science of what's going on in your brain. The real fact is that 77% of what you're saying is taken in through their eyes and only 20% through their ears, and the rest of it is smell and touch. Which is so. why be gassy. Exactly. So wear a good perfume or cologne when you go. That's your other percentages. But but the idea is is always, always have a talking piece to your points. So if you're talking about unique, you know, dashboards and, and that, make sure you have a visual aid that goes that shows a dashboard. Yeah. Okay? Anyway, that's my that's my two cents on that. Because so many people do, don't understand the real numbers or what's going on. I, I work with you know guys setting appointments and you know trying to to make this happen, and they're totally missing the whole point of the number one thing that they're all doing wrong. When I start working with them, is they're talking too fast. Okay, so they're they're going 100 miles an hour. The only people that talk 100 miles an hour is a telemarketer. Okay. So if, you're, if you want to consider yourself to be a telemarketer, then just keep talking fast. If you want to talk to a CFO and have an engaging conversation, you need to slow it way down. The second totally. thing is you have to have a smile on your face. Because if you don't sound like the kind of guy I'd like to talk to, then number one, I'm not going to transfer you to my boss, because I know he definitely doesn't want to talk to you. Um, and that's the other thing people miss all the time. You have to perform better with the gatekeeper than you do with the boss because she's going to get in trouble if she passes that phone call over to him. 
So you have to sound even nicer with her. So don't think these gatekeepers, uh, I mean, do everything you can to smile and, and talk slow because she has to make a quick decision real quick whether, you know, her boss would like to talk to you. Make sense, guys? Yeah, that's good stuff, man. Yeah. We're, we're going to have you on again, Nigel, but, but I'm going to give you more time next time, too. I love what you're doing. Um, no worries. And, and, you know, so also... Uh, a lot of a lot of the people on this call and, and they're sales executives, right? And and, and really smart. And, and so I think a lot of this they can do, you know. So, um, but but that's such good insight. I, I like to come across on the phone as sexy, right? And so usually I'll I'll do my calls shirtless. Um, now. It grosses Hannah out, so I had to quit doing that. Uh, but anyway, just to prove your point. Nice. I love it. All right. Hey, any questions, guys, before we get off? It's Friday. Hannah's in drinking mode. She's got a, she's got a rocks glass, an empty rocks glass and, th and three choices of alcohol to fill her glass up with. I'm kidding. She drinks, like, pineapple juice with hummus powder and kale wine. All right. Going once, two times, three times.